and uh, I have a couple of graphics that'll go along with that in this regard. Uh, there's the first one. Uh, the guys are talking at work. It says, we're ready to begin the next phase of keeping things exactly the way they are. And uh, that's kind of the way uh, things often go. We, we uh, think that, uh, let's just keep it the way it is. Uh, here's the next one. What if we don't change at all and something magical just happens, the board says. And uh, we know that's not a possibility, generally speaking. And so I'm approaching th this message with the assumption there's something in your life you need to start, there's something in your life you need to stop, and there's something in your life you need to continue. Now, it could be a spiritual. That's what I'm going to be talking about. But it also could be something not spiritual. It could be something like uh, not biting your fingernails anymore. It could be something like wearing your seatbelt. Uh, it could be something like uh, cutting back on sugar. Uh, are any of you planning to work out in the new year? You know, you need to work out hard in December because in January it's flooded with all the people that say, hey, I'm going to start. And, uh, and so it's kind of crowded and, uh, and uh, it's just the way it rolls. And so I'm, a, I'm interested in you living your best life. And by that, I mean you adding, subtracting, and continuing what it is you need to do. Uh, like for me, one of my biggest challenges this year, I, I had a, a health, uh, what do you call that? I had an executive physical uh, because uh, I'm turning 60 in 2020. I thought I should find out how, if I'm healthy or not. And I turned out I'm healthy uh, as far as they can tell. Praise the Lord. And uh, there's this new thing, uh, zero to 1,000. It measures the calcium in your arteries. And uh, the higher you are, the more likely you're dead. Uh, you're the more likely you're going to have a heart attack, actually. And I was a one out of 1,000. So I thought, well, I'm pretty good, right? And so my doctor said, okay, what you got to do is stop drinking iced tea and drink water. All in favor of that? No, I hate water. I, I'm not a water guy, you know. Water was made to carry some other substance, but uh, I got to start drinking water. I'm trying. And he goes, oh, not, I want you to drink three liters a day of this stuff. Three liters a day. Well, that's not in one way not spiritual. In another way, it is spiritual. It's spiritual in do I have the spiritual discipline to do what I need to do? right? Uh, maybe, maybe you know you need to walk more, or maybe you're, uh, they say that uh, sitting is the new smoking. In other words, they are uh, connecting uh, immobility or sitting to being as dangerous on your health as smoking is on your health. And they make up numbers like you need 10,000 steps a day and, and, and 15,000 and uh, all these kinds of things. But the point simply being that uh, when it comes to the notion of salvation, that the birth of Jesus and eternal life, receiving Christ, it changes everything. Everything changes. However... Even though everything changes, we still have to make further changes in our own lives. So in placing your faith for Jesus for salvation, you are transformed. Just transformed. If you've been transformed, say I. Yeah. yeah, we're transformed by the work of Jesus Christ. We changed everything from darkness to light. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
Fantastic. You are new in Christ Jesus. Receiving God's gift of faith, given to all who receive, God considers you righteous. Amen. God in his grace, God in his mercy, God in his wisdom has given you the gift of faith. And this faith that God gives you is considered righteousness. So today, by faith, you are righteous. By faith, you are pleasing to God. Listen to the word of the Lord, Romans 3.21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Believe is another word for faith. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So I'm building the case today that it is your faith in Jesus that God considers righteous. Do you have faith in Jesus today for salvation? That faith is considered by God as righteousness. This is in the book of Genesis and quoted by Paul in Romans 4. Consider Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. For what does the scripture say? Abraham faithed God. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So today I'm encouraging each of us to place our faith in Christ and that faith is the faith that considers us righteous. Your faith, a gift from God, is counted as righteous. If you're feeling kind of defeated spiritually or you're feeling a little under... Uh, prepared or a, a little under victorious spiritually today. Uh, we're going to talk about that. However, place your faith in Jesus for salvation. Last night as I was praying over this room, uh, I was remembering the the religious dude in the Bible who's saying, Chaz, saying, whoa, like that sinner over there. And there was the sinner over there beating his chest saying, whoa, is me, I am unclean. And, uh, and uh, both uh, are kind of the poles, they're both extreme, but God prefers the guy who goes, woe is me, I am a man that's unclean. So today, if you notice that you're not perfect, look around, nobody is. If you look around and say, you know what, I'm not perfect, yet my faith is in Jesus. God counts that faith in Jesus as righteousness. Be encouraged in that today. Be blessed. Be uplifted that your faith is considered as righteous. However, your faith counted to you as righteousness also faces the facts of your life. So in a sense, you have a relational righteousness with God by faith. Then you have a lived life that may or may not be righteous. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the idea that this salvation changes everything. 
yet we still have to make changes in our lives. There's a real common teaching in America today that I think is a little uh, outlandish or a little unbounded. And that is that because of God's grace, you don't need to change anything. You don't need to change any behavior because it's God's grace. Brothers and sisters, the faith that saves you is the faith that you apply to sanctify you. The faith that saves you is the faith that helps you live a holy life. And you can't have one without the other. I know people that believe that God's grace is, uh, is an excuse for a really ungodly lifestyle. A lot of these are even preachers. They believe God's grace. Uh, if you got behind the scenes in clergydom, you'd be surprised how many are alcoholic, how many are addicted to various sexual sins, how many, and to them it's grace. You know, I, I have God's grace, so it doesn't matter how I live. I think that the fact is his, his uh, saving faith changes everything, and then I join in and I begin to change things in my own life as well. I gave you the English Standard Version in your notes, but I prefer it just because I memorized it uh, in the NIV, this particular passage. It says this, uh, that though Abraham knew that Sarah was as good as dead, he faced the facts. He faced the facts. And in the English Standard, it says he did not weaken in faith, when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. In other words, his faith, he was considered righteous. But he also faced the facts. I'm righteous, but I'm 100 years old, and I'm not capable of having a baby. And Sarah's my age. She's not capable. And so today, I'm asking you to do something really hard. I'm asking you to consider the facts about the righteousness of your life. I'm asking you to consider the facts, and I'm going to go through a list from Ephesians 5. I'm asking you to consider the facts of me. Do I have enough faith to drink water this year? So in a sense, it's not spiritual. In another sense, it is spiritual because I don't want to live by the flesh. I want to live by the spirit, and my flesh doesn't want to drink water, but my spirit knows I need to. Do you, if you're a diabetic here today, do you have the faith to stop eating processed sugar of any form? You say, well, come on, you're messing with my body. No, it's faith. You, faith faces the facts about your life. You know, uh, uh, I, I had plantar fasciitis on my foot. That's where plantar is. But anyways, uh, and I like to work out. I work out, I try to work out five times a week. It's a lot of fun for me. But when your feet hurt, you know, it's sort of like your foundation. And so I quit about maybe six months ago or so. And then my feet started feeling fine, but I didn't start again. You get what I'm saying? I had found a way to be lazy, and I found a way to get up here and preach to you without facing the fact, Can't you're just being lazy, get in that car and drive to Planet Fitness and lift those heavy metal objects. You guys aren't really enjoying this, I can tell, but uh, no, it's important. By the way, shouldn't you, if your spirit is in good shape, shouldn't your body match it? 
Okay, I think I'm digging myself a hole. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. He didn't have a lack of faith concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith. What are you going to do in 2020? You're going to grow strong in your faith as you give glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. For me, what has God promised? He's promised one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. He's promised that to me. So I am going to continue self-control. I am going to stop the lack of self-control. And I am going to begin a greater measure of self-control. Why? God promised it to me in the Holy Spirit. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. It wasn't just you're righteous without believing God for a lifestyle. It's a righteousness in position and it is a righteousness in action, both in Abraham's life. Paul is not saying, so Abraham didn't need to believe God. He was righteous now. He had faith. He's saying Abraham had faith and believed God. It was counted to him as righteousness, and he also had to trust him for Isaac to be born. He had to trust him to leave her of the Chaldees. He had to trust but the position and a lifestyle. But the words that was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours. Why? Because I need to have relational faith in God, and I need to have lifestyle faith in God as well. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead our Lord Jesus, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Praise God. So, genuine faith is accompanied by removing everything from our lives that casts a dark shadow when presented to the light. This is the theme of our holiday sermon series. When you step out of the darkness into the light, there, the goal is no shadows. But when there's something in my life that isn't pleasing to God, his light hits it and it casts a shadow. And my goal for you and me is on the day we die, the last day on this earth, we are, have the least amount of shadows we've ever had. Because what's going to happen at the point of death, God is going to do the most incredible thing you can ever imagine. He's going to present you, Jesus is going to present you to God without fault, blameless and pure. That's how Jesus is going to present you to God. That's how he's going to present me to God. I look at me and go, blameless? <laughs> you got to find another guy. Uh, faultless? You got to find another guy. But in the process of my faith and Jesus for salvation, I'm tackling issues in my life like eating properly, like exercising properly, like reading when I need to read, praying, worshiping, etc., we remove anything from our lives that casts a dark shadow when presented to the light. Here's the list I want to cover today. I'm going as quickly as I can so we can cover the list that Paul gave and just see if maybe there's some of the things in our lives. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, 
has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Marvelous light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Isn't that beautiful? 2020, shine on me, God, and show me what I need to start, stop, and continue. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians 5, 3 through 21. The next page of your notes, the, t the first column and the first blank is start. These are things that you may want to start as you go into this next portion of your life. The middle column is stop. Things that you may want to stop in this next portion of your life. And the third column is continue. Now start and continue are identical because some of the things that you have already started, you need to continue. And uh, some of the things that you've stopped, you need to continue stopping. Does that make sense? Uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I try to eat sugar-free. One of the reasons I don't cheat. Because when I cheat, it's really hard to stop again. Right? If you ever, uh, I don't know this as a personal experience, but if you're alcoholic and uh, you just drink a little for to celebrate Christmas, it's really hard to stop alcohol a second time or a third time or a hundredth time, whatever the case might be. So some of the things that need to continue are the things you stopped yesterday. You understand what I'm saying? You want to continue in stopping. Uh, but uh, it, I want to point out the first thing he says in the passage is to start being with thanksgiving. Verse number four, start with thanksgiving. And then I want to point out as well, down a little bit further, in verse number 20, he ends the passage with thanksgiving. So we might call this the thanksgiving sandwich. We start with thanksgiving and we end with thanksgiving. Now why? We start with thanksgiving because the things that I need to start, I'm thankful he helps me to start. And the things I need to stop, I'm thankful that he helped me stop. And the things I need to continue, I'm thankful that he helps me continue. And then it ends with thanksgiving, because now that I've been doing this, Lord, thank you that you helped me stop. Thank you that you helped me start. Thank you that you helped me continue. In other words, and he is uh, every part of this equation. 
morning, noon, and night, he is faithful, and he is uh, gracious, and it's by his power that we start anything. It's by his power that we stop anything. It's by his power that we continue anything. Let's go through some of the things that I think are highlighted. Start not partnering with the sons of disobedience. You might want to consider this year, are you partnered with people that are not faithful to God? Uh, It's very crucial to consider this partnership with people that are disobedient to Christ. And uh, we're navigating that as we consider uh, business partners, as we consider uh, people that we are in uh, a Uh, financial agreements with. We're in a financial covenant with people that are not obedient to Christ. The word of the Lord is, it's a good thing right now to not, uh, or to start not being in uh, partnership with sons of disobedience. We might want to start walking in the light. Here's a great one. We might begin to start discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. I want to talk about that in relationship to what we might want to stop. You see, the first one in the stop category is in verse 3. It's sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Well, one of the reasons I want to uh, juxtaposition these is sexual immorality is often determined in our hearts by the culture. It's often determined in the culture, not by the word of God. And so uh, almost anything sexually is allowed in our culture. But the Bible says, discern what is pleasing to the Lord. I'm going to discern what is pleasing to the Lord in the area of my sexuality. Is this pleasing to the Lord? The culture would say everything, forget the Lord, do what, do what you're made to be. If you're, if you're a man and think you're a woman, go for it. If you're a woman and think you're a man, go for it. If you like sex with animals, go for it. If you like whatever, it's just go for it. But the, the fact is, we're to stop all sexual immorality by the power of the Holy Spirit by finding out what pleases the Lord. Check this out. Uh, When I'm talking to men, usually, in my office in private, I talk to them about lusting after their wife. And they think, I can't lust after my wife. She's my wife. No, you can lust after your wife because lust turns the other person into an object. And a person is no longer a person. And so, just because you are married doesn't mean you aren't lusting. So you can say to the Lord, here's my sexuality, God. I'm asking you to show, f- help me find out what pleases the Lord. The next one in the stop category is impurity. Lord, I need your wisdom on what is impure. I need the will of the Lord on what is impure in my life. I want to get rid of anything impure, but I need to find out what the will of the Lord is about impurity. And uh, everybody, uh, there's a standard given by God, and then there's a standard given to each of us by the Lord. For example, filthiness, the fourth one in the stop category. One of the reasons, I, the main reason I don't watch movies is I don't understand them. The second reason I don't watch most movies is because they violate my sense of filthiness. I don't like 
H words and D words and F words and S words in my ears. I don't like them in my ears. That's me. Other people don't seem to care. But for me, it violates my sense of impurity or filthiness. And so I say, Lord, help me to come to the place of discerning what is right for Kent in the Lord on filthiness. You know, just doesn't that word, isn't that a yucky word? That's filthy. I hate that. That's just a dirty word right there, filthy. And uh, what about this foolish talk? But Paul says in Ephesians 5, we need to stop the foolish talk. And Lord, I need to discern what is pleasing to the Lord in relationship to foolish talk. Foolish talk. Crude joking. Crude joking. I love your wife doing a clean humor. I think Angie on clean humor is great. But the, the, the world just continues with this crude joking. And, and I'm saying, what am I going to stop this year? I don't think I have crude joking. So I'm going to continue not having crude joking. I want to I not entertain myself on crude joking. Why? Because I want to be, be more like Jesus on the last day of the planet than I want to be when I started this walk with God. Praise God. Do not get drunk. Let's do eight, verse 18. There's, this culture is dominated by chemicals of all kinds. And uh, I would like to encourage you to ask God to let him discern what is pleasing to the Lord about any kind of chemical. Uh, I've just been uh, looking around at the marijuana scene in Anchorage, and has anybody noticed the crime rate has shot up since we voted that uh, ballot? And uh, I've had, I, I know two guys that were killed. Uh, one was a, a son of a leader at ABT. Uh, two guys who were killed over fighting over who could control the marijuana trade in Anchorage. Uh, murdered in cold blood, fighting over the marijuana trade. I think, brothers and sisters, you're not going to probably hear this on, uh, on the radio and public uh, uh, media. I think you need to bring that issue to the Lord and say, what is pleasing to the Lord in relationship to any chemicals in my body? Anyone. Marijuana, sugar, uh, sweeteners, Audi. remember, everyone needs to be considered. Before you put a chemical in your body, remember, he says, one of the things you don't, don't ever start putting chemicals in your body. If you started, stop putting chemicals in your body. And if you have stopped, continue in being stopped. Well, I, I, it's a hard fight. Uh, I don't want to have you raise your hand, but it's a hard fight with uh, people that uh, marijuana is an interesting substance. And one of my buddies, I haven't seen him for a few years, but one of my buddies insists that marijuana helps his devotional life. I feel so much closer to God when I'm high, he says. And I say, that's great, but the goal isn't to feel close to God. The goal is to be righteous. And if unrighteousness helps you feel close to God, this is a problem. And uh, uh, I know it's not fun to hear. I know that uh, I was kind of timid on preaching this message. But uh, I also remember in this text, it says, I'm not only to not participate, I'm to expose the works of darkness. 
And a Christian that needs chemicals on board is not walking in the freedom that God has for you. There's a whole nother level of freedom, chemical-free, drunk-free, high-free, um, all that stuff. And, and I feel kind of a little blessed in one way to preach this and a little awkward because I've never been high, I've never been drunk, I've never taken any of that. So in one sense, I get to continue in that. But in another sense for you, I just want to encourage you. Do you need to stop a chemical? Do you need to start stopping a chemical? Or do you need to continue being chemical free? Andy Stanley had a great line. He said, I never met anybody who said, you know, my life tanked until I met alcohol. And then it just got better. He said he never heard that story. Verse 10, discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Look at verse number 17, understand the will of the Lord. Lord, will you help me understand? You know, like some people I know are so uh, alcohol adverse, they don't do NyQuil. Because uh, there's alcohol in NyQuil. Well, that's a conscience matter. That's something that you and God, what is the will of God for you on the alcohol and NyQuil? That's something you decide between you and God. You're understanding the will of the Lord. You're understanding where it is there. Verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. How about we say, this year, I think I need to start being filled with the Spirit. Uh, Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. How are you doing on your psalms and your hymns and your spiritual songs? When you come to church, it's only one place you're supposed to sing. But when you come, do you sing or do you listen? Uh, I like today's acoustic set because we're trying to say in an acoustic set, this isn't a show. This is for us to enter in. We're to come to psalms with hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. That's something, if you don't do that, you should start. In 2020, start participating in the singing participating in the hymns, participating in making melody in your heart. Verse 20, participate in giving thanks always for everything. Isn't that something? Thanks always for everything. It's amazing. Lord, I give you thanks today that you are helping me start some stuff. I give you thanks that you're helping me stop. I give you thanks that you're helping me continue. Since by faith in Jesus for salvation, everything is changed, I, by faith in Jesus, have things I will change. Praise God. I will change. Maybe an attitude. Do you need to, Blaine mentioned in Celebrate Recovery, anger. Uh, they call it male pattern anger. Uh, funniest thing, this guy met me a couple years ago. He wanted to meet with his pastor. I said, how can I help you? The judge sentenced me to the male awareness program. I said, well, what is that? It's anger management. I said, well, what do you think of that? He goes, it ticks me off. <laughs> uh, do you need to change an attitude? Do you need to start a different approach to your wife? Do you need to start a different approach to kids? Do you need a different attitude to your neighbor? Uh, you know, my, uh, I have a bad neighbor story that I like to tell because I, I didn't get it then. Uh, when my kids were little, our, they'd be playing 
soccer and bicycles and trikes and everything, and they just dropped their bike wherever, and uh, it was often uh, in the neighbor, my neighbor's yard, it would be over the lot line between my house and his house, and he'd pick up their bikes and throw it across, and keep your blankety-blank kids' bikes off my property, and, and I just saw him as a rotten neighbor. You know, I didn't, I just viewed him as an idiot, actually. I thought, what a grouchy human being. Well, then he committed suicide. And I wish I hadn't seen him as a grouchy neighbor. I wish I had seen him as a man who needed Jesus. But I didn't. And I hate to tell that sinful story about me, but I didn't know I needed to start a better attitude to my neighbor. He was always mad at us. So I just kind of had a grouchiness in my heart toward him rather than, hey, you know what? Your attitude doesn't change the heart of love that God gave me. I needed to know how to start a good attitude toward him. So the faith in Jesus that saves me is the same faith that sanctifies me, that purifies me. And so rather than me Try to make up some things you need to change, you need to start, you need to stop, you need to continue. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do that, to help you decide what is it you should start. Lead us in a time of what is it you should continue. Our band is coming to lead us in a time of worship and prayer. And I told you that the altar call was in the notes today. I would like for you to select three things from Ephesians 5 in any category that's on there, and I'd like you to circle it. Now, I'm not, no turn it in. This is between you and God. But if you don't take the step, I'm wondering if, in fact, it will actually happen. So I'm asking you, one, would you circle the number one thing you need to start on the first column? Would you circle something in the stop category? If there's something there, you need to stop. And then would you circle something in the continue category? I'm doing good in this. I need to continue this. Will you do that as they sing? And I'll be back to pray in just a moment.